Shalom again, friends, and so happy to be with you. I uh, just want to welcome all of our King of Kings Community Jerusalem members, uh, those that uh, worship with us, those that are part of our community groups, our discipleship classes uh, in Jerusalem, and all of our friends and partners around the world. Welcome back to today's uh, message. We're going to be picking up in the book of First Peter. Today we'll be in chapter 3, so go ahead and put your finger there. Uh, we welcome you from the nations as well, watching on YouTube, uh, watching on Facebook Live, King's Community Live, and whatever platform the Lord has you on today. So happy you could join us. Uh, thank you again to our worship team for uh, trying to navigate all of the limitations, but to bring us some fresh, rich worship in the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for a wonderful reading of the parasha today as well. I want to recap a little bit of last week's sermon. Pastor Wayne, man, did he bring us something rich last week um, from the book of First Peter. Now, we're going to remain in our series called Life Behind the Shield. We'll be in First Peter chapter 3 today, but a quick recap from last week in case you missed it. Remember, it's on the archives. You can always catch it there. Um, Pastor Wayne was talking about right alignment in a couple of categories. First of all, being rightly aligned with the cornerstone. Cornerstone, of course, being the image of Yeshua. We are to be aligned with him from top to bottom in all sides as well. We want to be rightly aligned, according to the scriptures, with our, our rulers and our government officials. Uh, we need to be rightly aligned there until they cross a boundary that violates biblical principle. Up until that point, we honor the leaders the Lord has placed in front of us. And then thirdly, he talked about right alignment when it comes to our marriages, husband and wife relationships, the male-female relationships in uh, God's um, crafted uh, covenant uh, relationships of marriage. So thank you, Pastor Wayne, for walking us through some very important alignment issues last week. I'm going to pick it up this week, but before I do, I want to read you the theme verses of this entire series called Life Behind the Shield, and that theme verse comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 4, and 5. I'm just going to read it as a recap as we dive in today. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Yeshua, the Messiah, from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And there it is, that we are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation to be revealed at a future time. One of the things that we struggle with in the body of Messiah is being in unity. And here in 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to be encouraged in our main text today to be like-minded. Again, if you're making notes, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 18 is what we're going to cover today, but we're going to chop the sections up as we discuss them together. So after having now discussed, this is Peter having discussed how to be rightly aligned with Yeshua, with governing officials, and with our spouses, Peter now includes all of the believers in his next few statements and his uh, sense of wanting to encourage us. But this next piece is wanting to encourage all of us together. Let me read it to you. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and beyond. Finally, 
all of you be like-minded. I'll stop there just for a second. Some of your versions may say, be of one mind or be in unity of mind. But Peter is giving us a sense here, and the instructions are to be like-minded. Now, he could be saying, be like-minded, and then give a series of other important things, or he could be saying, be like-minded, and here are the series of things that help you to be like-minded. Either case, I think you'll, you'll pick this up in the reading. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, be humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with a blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. First, let me just uh, put the boundaries around this. When we come to Yeshua and we say yes to his lordship, that's not the end of our effort. Certainly we cannot produce salvation. There's nothing we can do good enough or clean enough or holy enough or righteous enough to attain or earn our salvation, our forgiveness, uh, our righteous standing before God or our eternal life. That's a gift. However, the kingdom of God gives us plenty of instructions on how we are supposed to be active believers. It says here uh, a long list of things we should be doing, including the word pursue. We pursue righteousness. So first, I want to encourage you today to be active in your faith. It's not a passive faith. A believer in Yeshua is not a passive person. They're an active person in life, uh, bringing the kingdom of God from heaven down to earth and its principles. But we see a list here of many things that we should be pursuing. Be sympathetic, it says. Love one another. Be compassionate. Be humble. So those are gentle things but they are not passive things. I want to make a distinction between being gentle, compassionate, humble, loving, sympathetic. That's gentleness, but it's not passive, okay? So distinguish between those two things. It goes on with the list. Repay evil with a blessing. Don't repay evil with evil. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your lips from deceitful speech. Turn away from evil. Do good. See, the doing good is the active part. It's the command to be active. Seek peace. The word seek is an active word. Pursue it. Pursue is an active word. Never be deceived, friends, that the kingdom of God life is about being passive. It is certainly not about being passive. We receive the gift of salvation, but we activate all that the Lord has called us to do. We humbly receive the gift but we honor the gift by the way we live. Amen. You see, in these passages, it, it, it gives us this list so that we can build trust in one another, uh, build confidence in one another as spouses or community group members or members of the congregation or the King of Kings network or whatever it is in your friendship circle. If we were all pursuing these same things, we would trust one another, there would be great confidence, and we would be able to build the kingdom of God faster. And that's why Peter is saying, be like-minded, be in unity, be one in spirit and in mind by pursuing all of these things. Because if we all do them, then we all trust one another, 
in how we interact. There's no backbiting. There's no bitterness. There's no competition. We trust one another and the kingdom of God moves forward even faster. At King of Kings, we often talk about intentionally building a high trust culture. That means we're gonna believe the best in one another. We're gonna find the best in one another. And if we don't have all of the facts in a story, we are not gonna fill in the gaps with bad information. We're gonna fill in the gaps either with a question or with positive information until we can learn more. That trust speeds up our relationship and it builds the kingdom of God faster. And that's one way we can be like-minded. Now, these same verses not only mention the areas that we should be pursuing and seeking and doing good in, with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, but we also learn in this section about God's heart. So we learned about what we should do, but what is God's heart through all of this? God has a heart to bless. I'm reminded of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You see, that's God's heart. And that brings me to my first key phrase today. Blessing others is not only what God desires, but it is what we are called to do. Hear me again. Blessing others is not only what God desires, but it is what we as believers are called to do. I'm referring back to verse nine of our main text. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with a blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. It says here we are called to repay evil with a blessing, not just with neutrality, by the way. And there's the action item. You don't just repay evil with neutrality or, or ignore it. You actually repay evil with a blessing, it's an active command to give a blessing when evil is sent your way. Now, this is something, how do you do it? You might say, Pastor Chad, how do I do that? People are, they're, they're speaking against me. They're cutting me down. They're giving me, you know, they're speaking against my reputation. Maybe they're, they're stealing something from me or blocking me or whatever. What is the evil that's being paid your direction and how do I give a blessing in return? Well, listen, the only way I know to do that is to first settle in your heart that that's what you're gonna do long before the scenario presents itself. You see, today we can, we can do this together. We can have an, a homework assignment together today as a community, and we can say we have settled in our heart that we will repay evil with a blessing. And once it's settled in your heart, the situation that arises won't matter. You're gonna respond correctly in the Holy Spirit. So settle it in your heart today that we are gonna always repay evil with a blessing, and we're pursuing this list of righteous living so that we might be like-minded walking in unity together. Now, we also learn God's heart is to bless us. He says, if you will repay evil with a blessing, as you were called to do, then you will also inherit a blessing. What a great investment. Could I, could I you know, more emphatically say, invest in your future. How do you do that? you repay evil with a blessing. If you want to invest into what God is doing in your life, in your future, both here on earth and in the age to come, he's giving you a clue, a hint, a very obvious one right here. He's saying, I am ready to give you a blessing. I wanna let you inherit a blessing. What I need you to do is repay evil 
with a blessing. And I promise you will inherit a blessing. And I would say to us today, guys, go after this. Pursue it. Seek it out. Do good. Repay evil with a blessing so that you might inherit a blessing according to God's promises. Now, these are great things, great encouragements. I'm giving you action items today, but the verses continue. It says that if you want to love your life and you want to see good days, watch what you say. This is what I've entitled the message today, love your life. Many of us might be stuck right now in a situation maybe we don't love. Those of us that have been in tough situations before, perhaps we don't love where we live. We don't love our relationship and how they've developed. We don't love our job or our financial situation. We don't love the the situation surrounding our life. God is again opening a door of blessing right here, and he's going to make it very clear. If you want to love your life and you want to see good days ahead of you, watch what you say. Watch what you say. Watch your tongue. It says, do not have untruthful speech. Keep your lips clean in these things so that you will love your life, that you will see good days. You see, the Lord is never wanting to make this a a mystery of how we could be blessed or we're hunting around in the dark for how God will send a blessing our way. He's making it obvious today. Be like-minded, live a righteous and holy life. Watch your tongue, repay evil with a blessing. He's making it very simple today. If you want to love your life, friends, and I know all of you do, if you want to love your life, if you want to enjoy your days, watch your speech, watch your tongue. Don't let lies and deception be on your lips. It goes on in the same section, this concept of describing effort versus receiving salvation. It says, God hears the prayer of the righteous. So if you want to make a good investment in your life and you want to love your life and you want to see good days and you want the Lord to hear your prayers, then we have to pursue all of the areas listed right here in 1 Peter chapter 3. We pursue them, we seek them, we do good. It's active, it's not passive. And by doing all of this together, we build a high trust culture. We walk in unity with the rest of the believers. Look, I'm giving you a lot of homework. I'm giving you a lot of practical examples, a lot of things that you can take to the Lord even today and and start to make a change. And remember, what we've said at King of Kings many times is we're not here to impress you on a Sunday. We're here to help you on Monday. And that's what I'm trying to do today is give you these action items that will help you throughout the rest of your week. Now, those of you that are very involved in our congregation, you know that we've been doing a collective community group study on the book of Daniel. It's been going very well. Uh, You're still open to join any of our groups. Many of them are meeting online. Uh, You can jump right into the study of Daniel. One of the key elements that came up this week when we were studying Daniel together is that believers are not always insulated from suffering. You see, you got to be careful about which gospel you heard. If you heard the gospel preached in a way that says believers will never go through hardship, they'll never face trial, they'll never suffer, you didn't actually hear the gospel of Yeshua. That's not the real gospel in the Bible. Believers are not always insulated from suffering. And we see that many times in Daniel where he is a faithful servant of the Lord, but he is exiled from Israel. He's made a slave. Certainly there are some miracles that happen in his life early on in the book of Daniel. But in chapter two of Daniel, even though he is pursuing righteousness, he's lumped together with the wise men 
And because they cannot interpret the king's dream, this is King Nebuchadnezzar, it says in the text that they're going to put all of the wise men to death, including Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the Jewish friends there. Having done nothing wrong, he now faces execution. Believers are not insulated from suffering. Now, God breaks through and he does miracles. But this idea of suffering, even though you're doing good, is found in the Messiah himself. And it's found in our main text today. How did Daniel respond? Well, Daniel responded with prayer, with encouraging his brothers to come around and be together. He praised the Lord for his goodness, and he showed humility when the Lord broke through in a great miracle. And we take some of those lessons from the community group this week forward into the next section we want to read. Let's stay in our main text today. First Peter chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 13 now. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere the Messiah as the Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in the Messiah may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You know, quick notes here. Be prepared always to give a testimony of the hope that you have in Yeshua and why you have hope in him. Because he saved you from sin. He's broken the bondage off your life. He's offered you eternal life with him. He has removed unrighteousness and filth and given you a new standing as righteous. He's given you a future, a hope, a destiny. This is the hope that we should be so readily uh, ready to speak of. It should be readily on our hearts and on our lips every day. The Bible says, be ready to give an account for the hope that you have in the Messiah, but you should also expect that from time to time, there will be suffering even for doing good. And that's what Daniel certainly faced here. But that doesn't put us outside the will of God. As a matter of fact, suffering for doing good is a theme that we find in the Messiah's life himself. And Peter is going to round out this thought in chapter 3, verse 18, by saying this, For the Messiah also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Now, you may discern already that this is, in fact, the main point for which Yeshua came to the earth, where God in human form came to the earth for this main point that he would cleanse us from sin through sacrifice, that the righteous would die for the unrighteous, that he was suffering for doing good. That was the very point of the Messiah's coming to the earth. I'm sure you discern that if you're a believer. To take the punishment of the guilty, to suffer on our behalf, salvation and atonement itself. These things rest on this key principle. And if you have eyes to see a little deeper, let me give you this key phrase today. Our second key phrase of today's lesson. Suffering for doing good and being able to repay evil with a blessing connects us with one of the most Messiah-like principles of all time. And that is living 
a self-sacrificing life. Again, suffering for doing good connects us with one of the most Messiah-like principles of all, living a life of self-sacrifice. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. See, it's telling you it's coming. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. But be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. We will find that this encouragement and revelation plays out later into the book and even into chapter 12 of Revelation. Let me read you the last verse of the day. Revelation 12, 10 and 11. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Interesting. Interesting that we're talking about Peter saying, if you want to love your life, this is what you do. And in Revelation, they're saying, hey, you can love your life, but don't love it so much that you compromise your testimony and the way you live before the Lord. It's a balance. Yes, you want to enjoy the life as, uh, that, that God has given you. You want to enjoy that. You want to see good days. You want to prosper for sure. Every one of us wants to love our life, but not so much to the point that we compromise the way we live and our testimony about the Lord and the hope that he's given us. We don't shrink back from death when it comes to principles. We're gentle with people, but we are firm with principles. Can I leave you with that word today? We are gentle with people, compassionate, sensitive, humble, loving one another, respectful, honoring. We are gentle with people, but we are firm with principles. Let me summarize today's lesson. I hope uh, it's, it's been enriching to you. I hope you go back and study this in the Word, and I hope you join us for our Daniel study. But let me summarize the lessons we've learned today and some of the action items. Number one, to be like-minded, believers are called to righteous living. That makes us like-minded. It puts us in unity so that we can be more effective in the kingdom. Number two, if you want to love your life, guard your speech, guard your lips, guard your tongue. Let no deceitful speech come out of your mouth. Number three, even though we want to love our life and the call that God has given us, we do not want to love our life so much as to compromise how we live and our testimony about Yeshua. And finally, number four, and maybe the biggest lesson of today, one of the most Messiah-like principles we can walk in is to love life and to live a life of self-sacrifice even if we suffer for doing good. Again, one of the most Messiah-like principles we can walk in is to live a life of self-sacrifice, even if that means suffering for doing good. Now listen, King of Kings, I gave you good homework today. I hope you take this back to your private devotions with you, yourself, Yeshua, the Holy Spirit in the room. Let him do a good work in your heart. Maybe even discuss this with your family. Maybe even bring up some of these points at the next community group that you're connecting with as we study the book of Daniel together. But I've given you good homework. I want you to connect with this. We want to prepare you 
for the week ahead. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we thank you for the goodness of your word. We thank you for the book of 1 Peter. We thank you for chapter 3. We also thank you for Jeremiah and what you wrote in the book of Revelation, that we can embrace the life calling of being active participants. We're not passive believers. We're active. We have a job to do. We, we seek peace. We do good. We pursue righteousness that we might be like-minded. And God, even though it might scare some of us, we ask you to help us, Holy Spirit, with courage that we would certainly love our life, but not love it so much to ever shrink back from righteousness and our testimony. We want to be gentle with people, but firm in our principles. Help us to do this today and in the week to come as you will certainly bring unbelievers across our path that we can love them the way you love them and be ready to explain the hope that we have in you. And we thank you for all your blessings today. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 